Hello, it's uh, Derek Grubfire here. Um, I've been asked to record you uh, a little message here, uh, because this is the second part of a, of a two-part episode, so I was supposed to do, like, a little previously thing uh, to say, you know, what happened last time, because, you know, it's been quite a while since we got a bloody episode out, isn't it? Uh, but, you know, it's just the way it is, I guess. Um, we've been busy, uh, very, very busy. Anyway, um, what I'm going to say is listen to the last fucking episode, innit? If you don't remember, press the pause button now, go back a fucking episode, yeah? Easy, innit? Also, I'm supposed to do the fucking editing on the computer in that, so I don't know how you do the theme tune nonsense, so that's not in this episode. It's a, it's a bit it's a bit fucking shit this, this week, because they, they've left me to do it, and I've been very busy with uh, Jerry's uh, legal case, um, and, uh, you know... I think it's very disrespectful that that little girl is suing him, um, after all he did for her, but, uh, anyway, I'm, I'm not gonna say anything more, cos I'll get him in trouble, uh, right, okay, alright, all my love to you, and the families, um, out there in the village, uh, it's been a tense election, and I know we've been awaiting these results for some time now, so, uh, without further ado, I'll, uh, I'll pass you, uh, across to Skills FM. Hello and welcome to Skittles FM. I am joined with the inimitable Sally. Hello there. It's fantastic to be here, John. It's fantastic to be here. Uh, I've had a lovely morning, John. How are you doing? Well, you know, I think it would be amiss if we didn't talk about today's uh, today's events. Um, obviously, uh, the Skittles League is currently on pause while the election takes place. And today, after... What was a great running of the Watchmen that we had not that what not Beautiful. that long ago? Um, we're now onto the next part of the village election, which is of course the Four Tists. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's been an absolute delight to watch it unfold from all of today. I tell you that it's been a delight. Yes, and uh, you know, if, if for whatever reason you're listening to this and you don't live in the village, uh, we'll we'll get you up to date. Uh, maybe people don't know who the fourth uh, fourth candidate in the election became. It's quite an interesting story, oh, isn't it? You know, when... it's the way it's developed, the way it's unfolded. It's been really interesting, to be honest with you, John. It's really, really interesting because a- after the run of the Watchmen, we had uh, we had uh, Jibble Gravy, a Jibble Gravy, we had uh, a Tory bastard, a Tory bastard, and we had. Uh, who was the other one in the... Oh, that'd be Melvin Special Hands. Melvin Special Hands. Skittles out there when he forgets, Melvin Special Hands. I forget Melvin Special But we had those three, but there was still a window open for a fourth candidate. And it did happen, didn't it? But it's a funny story, isn't it? It is a funny story. So I'll paint the scene, as it were. I'll paint the scene. Oh, you're getting your little pen and pencil out there. It's not very good for radio, but... It's not great. It's not great. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you. You know that fat, fat fucking prick... The, uh, from the telly ages ago. Jerry Callow, indeed. Jerry, he only went and drove with the last bloody watchman, didn't he? Yep, he was. Uh, he had no idea what was going on. He didn't seem to, from what I've seen, know anything about our sort of election protocol. No idea whatsoever. He's hit this watchman on his driveway. Yeah. He started digging his garden. Uh, he's going to bury the he, body. He's going to bury the bloody Luckily, body. someone stepped in and was like, do you know that's the bloody watchman? You yeah. could be leader of the village. He said he didn't care, did he? He said he didn't care. He didn't believe it. He refused to talk to the press initially refused to talk to the police someone about he's never killed anyone uh. oh he was very adamant of that uh but then uh all that got kind of cleared up and now we're we're here today um the four tests have happened each of our candidates have uh 
uh, competed in four uh, sort of feats of strength, kind of. Um, uh, one is purity, one is vengeance, one is greed. Yeah, and of course, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a really exciting day. It's been brilliant. Uh, um, well, we thought we would use our show today to tell you all, uh, well, our thoughts. Uh, we were there watching it live. Absolutely. Um, the first test uh, is obviously the test of purity. Test of purity. Well, I think, uh, show us thy purity, am I correct in saying? That is correct indeed. And, um, well, Jerry Callow was up first. Yes, he was. Uh, maybe you want to describe uh, what happened? Yeah, absolutely. Well, he, he got, he, he wandered on the stage. He was, he looked quite nice. He's wearing like a shirt and a tie. He doesn't usually wear a shirt. I've never seen him wear a shirt and a tie. He usually wears a shirt. He seemed very at home in front of a crowd that size. He really did. He had with him uh, an Argos bag there as well. Everyone thought maybe he's done some shopping whilst he brought. And then he reached inside the Argos bag and he lifted, like the Lion King above his head, Yes. his little Susan. From yes. The, from, from the, naked from the waist naked down. Naked from the waist down. He lifted her up. And then he a, made... A, a child is a great symbol of purity. I think the crowd were impressed. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and, and this is what these tests are all about. It's about how you interpret them, which, of course, uh, Jibble Gravy went next. Um, what did he pull from his bag? Uh, I think, I know, it's very like Jibble Gravy. He just, it was a rope. Yeah. For me, I, I didn't know quite how that spelled out purity. No, um, but he was no. saying something about hang hang the impure. I think, yeah, it's just lots of hanging metaphors and ob talking. It didn't, it, we all expected it. Uh, Tory bastard, now, uh, he was quite intellectual with this, quite a thinker. He presented himself. Uh, he did. He did present himself. Yeah, he sort of said, as a white man, uh, he is the purest of them all. Absolutely. And the crowd, obviously, mostly white men, they bloody loved it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, uh, now, I wasn't expecting this. Our man in the race, uh, of course, is uh, Melvin's special hands. Yeah, Melvin, he was a very, he was an oddball in this one, wasn't he? He pulled out of his bag the Necronomicon. Yeah. Is that how you say it? I think it is the Necronomicon, yeah. Right. It, it's, you know, it's a book of the dead. Yeah, it, sort of book of demons and spells and dark magic. Yeah, so he, uh, it didn't go down well with the crowd. No, the audience, it? it was like he just pulled out a copy of a book or something because he did do that. Mm. And all the audience, nothing, it was just a book, wasn't it? And obviously the the judge then awards points and um, it, it was felt, the judge really felt that Jerry had won that round. Absolutely. And, and what I suppose really special about it is the judge is deaf, blind, and dumb. Mm. So he really goes on his intuition. Yes. And I think in this case, his intuition was right. Yes, absolutely. Um, And then it was on to the second test. The second test. And that second test was... Uh, vengeance. Vengeance. Uh, show thy vengeance. Now, this is usually, in years gone by, one of the more ferocious of the four tests, isn't it? But it was, uh, it was a fairly exciting uh, show thy vengeance uh, this round in this election. Now, Jerry Callow, obviously, up first once again. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. Winner stays on is one of the rules. Absolutely. Um, now, we're not actually allowed... Uh, we've got to be very careful about what we say here. Yeah. Um, the footage was obviously uh, cut live. If any cut. of those watching yeah. on uh, will we'll be wondering what happened. There's a little bit that we can say. Um, what I can tell you is, um, is I took the crying girl home and she is safe. Absolutely. But whilst he was doing that, John... 
He did have a couple of things to say about his ex-colleagues, didn't he? He did, yeah. He sort of enacted his vengeance on the stage. I'm not saying where he put his vengeance. Absolutely, uh, we're not saying where he did that. Legally, I cannot say that. But we were... They'd cut the video, but we were here in the, in the studio... Uh, we were getting uh, some of yeah. the audio coming through, Absolutely, we? yeah. And we think we can reveal uh, some of the things that he was saying. He seemed to have quite a lot to say about his former colleagues at the BBC. Absolutely. Just some of the most memorable things. Matt, you know, from Blue Peter, once mm. tried to take the shell off a turtle. Yes, I did hear that. I, I, I heard Jerry uh, sort of screaming that from the, from the top of his lungs, uh, like I say. Yeah, um, and then obviously um, uh, he he did uh, he accused uh, Lizo Mazimba uh, of always miming the news. Um, he said that there was actually uh, someone else uh, who did his voice. Absolutely, and all the stuff he said about Otis, he was actually the Blue Peter dog just in a costume. Loads of it. Yeah, uh, he did seem to have quite a big problem with both Lizo and Otis. And then he said all that stuff about uh, Michaela Strachan as well. Yeah, it was so Strachan from the really wild show, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, how she started the AIDS crisis by having sex with a monkey. Uh, yeah, and I, I mean, what I'm saying is, is the BBC looking into this? Yeah, you know, I, I, the allegations have always been there. He's just sort of opened the can of worms. Yeah, so who knows? But th- that's what he was saying during The Avengers. As I say, we can't go into any more detail about what happened on that stage. But Sandra is home safe and her wounds will heal. And then next up uh, was uh, Jibble Gravy. He uh, he actually took his vengeance out on another one of the uh, competitors. Yeah, it was a very sort of, well, to be honest, admirable is the word I would use with mm. what Jibble Gravy did. It took a lot of strength, a lot of courage. Yeah, and I think this is the first time we've seen it that two candidates have used their item from Purity in their vengeance because... Jibble used that rope, and he strung up Melvin's special hands. Absolutely. From, from yeah. the rafters. From the rafters, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's not clear if him hanging special hands, whether that was tactical, uh, he knew that special hands couldn't die, yeah, yeah. and that's why, but it wasn't clear because he, he seemed very concerned when, when special hands obviously just continued living for... For, for, for that whole time and was obviously cut no, down I, I do think he's just attempted murder at that point and he just got unlucky with his choice had he hanged Jerry uh, or Tory or even himself uh, he would have taken them out of the ray and Tory bastard probably had the most theatrical uh, of vengeances uh, he really thought about playing to the crowd uh, and it was it was it was truly bastard uh, in his principles uh, he brought up that paraplegic family uh, and and beat them, saying, "Go back to work, go back to work." Yeah, he really just sort of went to town on him. He beat him for probably twenty, twenty-five minutes. Go back to work, you lazy scroungers. Other words we can't repeat on air. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, and I thought what was nice about that is he was really showing. Uh, sort of his policies and his values, so people really know the reasons to vote bastard. Absolutely, absolutely. And of course, they were poor, weren't they? They're poor. They started disabled, they're now more disabled. It's everything he hates. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was uh, it was clear-cut. It, it sent a, a direct message uh, to the public about what he's about. It, it was a big round of applause from me. Okay, and then, once again, Melvin Special Hands, who, of course, you'd think us here at Skittles Radio, we'd be all for him, and we were. We really were, but then 
these tests, he, he didn't fill me with the Skittles love and joy that I usually feel. He, he came up and he began to vomit bees. He began to vomit bees. Now, I expected maybe some Skittles-based vengeance. You know, maybe going for a nine-point strike on someone or going for a three-pin fall or I don't know, but bees... There's nothing skittles about bees. And I'm I'm trying to wonder, is it a policy? Is he is he concerned about the environment, the death of the bees, maybe? Um, but come on, you know, I, I don't want to vote for him on environmental stuff. I want to vote for him because he's he's got skittles in his heart. He's got skittles in his heart, he's got skittles in his veins. And I'm I mean, I've watched the footage a few times and I, I'm not even sure if he meant to vomit up bees. He did look like it took him by surprise, didn't it? He did. Yeah, he was trying to suppress something. He thought it was going to be an ordinary vomit. But then bees. And of course, I mean, we just had bees all around everywhere for the rest of the time. And it, at this point, it's really not looking good for him, is it? Uh, you know, he's 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 basically come last in, in two tests in a row. Um, I was feeling for him. There were dead bees everywhere. How many bees would you actually say he did vomit? Oh, I mean, it's hard to count, but... Um, I, I would say something around 50,000 a second. I think so. And he was vomiting for a good five minutes. Yeah, so I, I see there was at least what, 10 to 20 million bees in there, I think. Where were they all coming from? Exactly, that's what we've got to wonder. Is, at least something you can say about him, is he really prepared for it? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And then, um, now at this point we're halfway through, yeah. and then he came on to greed. Now, I've always been a big fan of the Greed Test. Yeah. I think we had quite a good show from the candidates uh, on, on all fronts here. Um, Jerry started, um, and maybe you can describe kind of uh, how events unfolded. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, he was wearing a string vest top. Uh, that was all he was wearing. And he sort of beckoned off stage for someone to bring something on. We all think, oh, what's this, Sam, what's this? It was a horse. It was a live horse that had mm. been restrained down and they brought it on and we think, oh God, Jerry Caddo, he's only going to eat a bloody horse. And you know what, John Wallaby? He ate that bloody horse. Yeah, I mean, uh, we were watching maybe 15 minutes while he sort of skinned and, and nibbled at that, uh, that, that whole carcass. Um, but that wasn't it, was it? That wasn't it, no. That was done. And he beckoned what? And another horse was rolled out. He said, now for main course. Exactly. And it was a bigger horse. Yes. But twice the size sort of, of the one first one. of those police horses. Like a shire horse, mm. like a police horse. And he wolfed that down, I would argue, quicker than the first horse. He ate that as well. And the whole thing only took him about half an hour. Yeah, and uh, I've just seen him at the chippy now, uh, just before we came on air. So uh, there's no end to his greed. And uh, for me, that was a, a great display. Jibble gravy. He wanted to show his greed in a different way. He did, didn't he? Some might say he went a bit over the top. I wonder that. I wonder, there was a there was a little glint in his eye, and I, I, I didn't know if it was maybe a small amount of regret. Maybe. The glint it was a mix between regret, sexual arousal, and pride, I think. Yes, uh, he'd obviously spent some time prior uh, to the four-test day sort of uh, rigging this up, uh, but there was, a, there was a handle just to the list of the stage, wasn't there? Yes, it was. Uh, and, uh, uh, well, 
he pulled that handle uh, and and dropped down from the rafters with with his friends and family, uh, yeah. which hung from the neck. He hung from the neck. Every single one of them squirming. And Jibber was a popular guy. Mm. It, there, there was a lot of people in the rafters. Absolutely, yeah, not very just on large the stage. Fam- very large family. It, and he just chanting, "Hang 'em all, hang 'em all." Initially, the audience were like, "What's this? That's not real." But they realised it was real. And they were loving it. Yeah. And uh, I was even shouting me so I couldn't control it. But I, I think it, it, it truly shows what a what a greedy man he is. Uh, really, really wants to win. Uh, ready to go all out. And if that's not what you look for in a leader, uh, I don't know what is. And, and I thought it really continued uh, the story he was telling of, of his kind of vengeful, hateful heart. Um, and that, that for him, hang them all is, is really a policy that is for everyone. Absolutely, he doesn't discriminate. No, and uh, he his six year old and his eleven year old. There's no favourites there. They're both up there. Okay, and then uh, next up uh, on that uh, was uh, Tory bastard, and uh, you know, as I I've been very clear, I, I thought his his uh, his interpretation of vengeance was was the strongest on the field, but in this third test, I think. Uh, he let himself down here, didn't he? Uh, just uh, all he did was defecate out his family crown. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. It was glorious. He bent over. The audience were clapping. It fired out. Uh, it was none of that, really. Like it was. He didn't have the theatrics of his uh, previous round with Vengeance. Uh, you know, there wasn't the same choreography that he had yeah. obviously put into beating the paraplegic family. I'm not. I'm not sure if you guys have ever seen someone shout a large sonic object before. Um, but he's not, he doesn't come out, you don't go, oh, he shattered trophy, you go, oh, that's a big shit, and he has to sort of peel the shit away with his hands, and then hold up a shit-covered trophy, he's just not, it doesn't get the point across. And his, his family crown really isn't that large, I'm sure someone like yourself has had something much larger inside your anus. Absolutely, I've had things 10, 20, 30 times the size of that inside my anus. Um, but that was... That was disappointing, uh, but again, it did carry on the same narrative that, you know, he, he's, he's caught bastard. Uh, um, and then came up our wonderful Melbourne Special Hands, who who finally got something right, I feel. Um, it was very memorable. Uh, I had a tear in my eye when he brought out all of his Skittles trophies from years gone by. That articulated lorry came in, and, and they just... Covered the stage, moving covered many it. of many of the bees uh, to one side as the as the gold rushed through, and and for me it was it was memorable. Uh, but then it was time uh, to move on to the fourth test. Now the fourth test uh, is different to the others, and and obviously all of the tests uh, were uh, uh, given to uh, by uh, to us by Clement uh, Fundelmagrapes. Is it right? Clement Funnel with Grapes, yeah. Clement Funnel with Grapes, a fantastic visionary of a time. He was an inventor back in years ago, years gone by in the village. And he came up with this sort of democratic statute for us to do things. And for a long time, it was three tests, uh, until he began to believe uh, that there may be people in the village possessed by demons. Absolutely. And he said that the only way to know that this was the case was to smother the in apple sauce, because we all know... 
It purifies you, it gets it, rid of demons. It purifies you and gets rid of demons. Now, for a long, long time, people accused Clement, and it's, it was always a, a, a joke and a joke that I've heard, that you know, that he was actually a closet homosexual and he only invented this test so that he could watch men smother themselves naked, which obviously you have to be during the test, of course. Uh, in applesauce. Uh, and it, people say, look, if it really was a demon thing, why did they have to lick it off each other? You know, but yeah, there were a, a lot of weird rules. You know, uh, there was an inspection to make sure every inch of skin was covered in applesauce before the link came again. I mean, inside and outside, it was a very thorough inspection. We don't know how the magic of rituals work. And for many, many years, uh, that it's just never happened, is it? We've never had uh, a demon. Uh, and and we thought that would be the case this year as well. It was bloody good, didn't we? You know, we saw we saw uh, Jerry rubbing the applesauce onto Jibble. Uh, then Tory had the applesauce rubbed onto him. But the moment the applesauce touched Melvin Special Hand's face, he was a bloody demon. He was a bloody demon. This paint. huge bloody demon comes flying out of his anus. Uh, yeah, just paint the scene for you. It's like people thought, oh, he shat himself, everyone do a, do a laugh. But he hadn't. It was a sort of 19-foot demon that climbed out there like it was a portal in his anus, um, disposed of the raggedy body of special actors that sort of burst into flames, to what you But say. luckily, in classic village spirit, in true village style, Jibble and Jerry were having none of it. Absolutely, absolutely. I think quick as a flash, you could see Jibble grab one of his ropes... Straight round the demon's neck. Straight round the demon's neck. Jerry. One punch. One punch, Jerry. And the demon, he's bloody dead. Did. He punched him to death. Now, I don't know what that means for the election. No. Nor do I. We got the village council behind closed doors talking about what happens next. So, we have no idea what's going on, but the crowd seemed to like a Jerry-Jibble alliance. I think that, I personally think that's the thing that they're going to go for. They're both strong candidates. They've shown they can work together as a team for the best interests in the village. It's, it's got all the hallmarks on it. Now, we actually had a, a quick moment to be able to catch up uh, with each of the candidates to kind of discuss how they thought things went. We've spoken to Tory Bastard, to Jerry Callow and to Jibble Gravy. Obviously, Melvin Special Hands is no longer with us. Um, I managed to uh, catch up with Jerry Callow just after the uh, just after the events, and uh, he had this to say. I'm joined here with uh, Jerry Callow, um, and I'm I'm doing an interview here with uh, for uh, Skittles Radio. Uh, Jerry, uh, you've just had quite the event there. You just punched a demon uh, in the face. Sorry, I've got... <coughs> I'm, I, 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 I do a lot. It's quite hard work to punch a demon, mate. Gotta be honest with you. I've not punched anything since. Uh, well, it's been a while, mate. people are saying you, you saved us from the end of days. Uh, how, how do you feel? I mean, look, I'm an honest man. I'm an honest man, John. When I see a demon, I've just got I've got to punch it, mate. I've just got to pu- I've got to punch it with my fist. That's just what I've got to do when I see a demon or or sort of someone I don't I don't recognise. Oh, well, that's great, um, and, and, and thank you, you know, for saving us all. Um, You're welcome. Yeah, I just want to talk to you uh, about uh, Show Me Thy Yeah, Engine. absolutely. Y- your second test there. I oh, know, um, it's <clears> someone <throat> I'm very proud of, to be honest. It's someone I'm very proud of. I've been practising a long time for an act, for an act like this. I've just, uh, I've taken a lot to sort of prepare myself for the pain, 
uh, emotionally, physically, I go through that. Essentially, what I did is I, sort of, I dropped my trousers. Oh, uh, and then I got. Sorry, the, the, sorry. Um, yep. Oh, okay. Right. Uh, the legal team are advising that you nor I speak of anything that happened. Nothing at all. Uh, there's a, there's a blanket ban. Uh, apparently, they they cut the live feed. Oh. Um, on that. Uh, so let's uh, move on. Uh, for the greed, you know, you 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 ate three horses. How does a man go about eating three horses? Well, honestly, John, you eat the first horse, and you think to yourself, "Could I eat another horse?" And you eat the second horse, and you think to yourself, "Could I eat another horse?" You eat the third horse, and you. You think, why well, I shouldn't have really eaten the first horse, let alone the second horse. The third horse really causing a lot of pain right now. Should I eat a fourth horse? No. I'll just eat the three horses, yeah. Uh, what do you think about your competition? Uh, what do you think of, of their tests and, and what they what they did? Thanks, John. Any, any memorable moments from tonight's game is basically what I'm asking. Absolutely. They played a good game. I'll give them that. Everyone played a good game. They're on their good form, you know. There were some excellent players by Chibble, things that people didn't quite expect. Tory, you know, people, some people expected more from Tory, especially in the later half. And Melvin Special, and I think it was a disappointment all round. He'll need to go back if he could, and if he wasn't dead, and rethink, yeah, rethink what he did. Um, I'm now going to cut across to Sally, uh, who I believe is with uh, Jibble. Absolutely, yeah, I'm sitting with Mr. Jibble Gravy. Hello, yeah. Jibble Gravy, CEO of Jibble Gravy's Courts, Ropes and Things. We're going to go straight to it, really. Uh, Jibble, how do you think you did tonight? Well, uh, I am Jibble Gravy of Jibble Gravy's Courts, Ropes and Things. And what I think is I had the best things, the best ropes and the best courts. That is, obviously the competition isn't about who had the best ropes and the best coats and the best things. What? It was about your performance tonight, wasn't it, Jibble? Was it? Well, yeah, of course, the four tests. Right. You are aware of the four, the, the purity, vengeance, greed, the apple sauce. Where do you think you are right now, uh, Jibble Gravy? Well, uh, Jibble Gravy of Jibble Gravy's Courts, Ropes and Things, uh, CEO, he had the best night tonight. Sorry, Jibble, just cutting in there. You say he had. Mm. What? Are you referring to yourself in the third person, or...? Well, the thing about Jibble Gravy is he's having a bit of disassociative episode um, because he just hung uh, his darling wife and his two lovely kids from the rafters. I see. So, is this Jibble going for the sympathy vote, or what What angle is Jibble taking here? Well, Jibble Gravy of Jibble Gravy's Courts, Ropes and Things, what he has to say is, hang them all. Hang them all. So you're still going strong with their message. That's, that's a beautiful thing to read back to the viewers there. Still going with hang them all. Hang them all. A couple of questions people have got sort of flooding in is, are you going to miss everyone you love and have ever loved? Jibble Gravy. If Jibble Gravy is courts for ups and things, you can get uh, best discounts in town, uh, down in the store, uh, just down uh, from the well where I met my darling wife. Didn't quite answer the question there, though, did you? Um, the question was, um, are you? Gonna, I suppose, are you going to miss uh, the people you've loved, have loved, or will ever love? Are you going to miss them? I hear what you're saying. What you're saying is, what's the best I can do you on a court? Well, come into the shop. I've got all the sorts of courts. I've got the long courts. I've got the short courts. I've got the brown courts. Well, I, I appreciate what you're saying there, but the question is, um, are, are you going to miss your dead loved ones? 
I hear what you're saying. What you're saying is, does Jibble Gravy have any regrets? Don't regret a thing. That's what I always say. Hang them all. Lovely. I'll sign that for you. Okay. Uh... Now, this got me quite worried, Sally, if I'm honest. Yeah. It seems Jibble's having quite a tough time there. Maybe some sort of regrets. I think he, he, a mental breakdown would be the best way to explain it. Mm. He was twitching a lot. He was fiddling a lot. He was just playing with a noose in his hand. He was crying and he was doing it. Um, which, you know, it's not out of the ordinary after the trials, but there was something a bit different in his eyes. Maybe he hit hit a regret. Yes, but I, I still think he's fit to be leader. I, I'd love him to be in charge, if I'm honest. Uh, even hearing that, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, he's got nothing to distract him now. Absolutely. And, I mean, if he hasn't killed himself by tomorrow, I think he'd do a great job. Well, next up is our conversation with Tory Bastard. Uh, We saw him uh, just after the events of today. Well, what an absolute monumental uh, foretest that was. And we're joined here with one of the candidates, uh, Tory Bastard. We want to talk to you um, about how you think you did. Obviously, the foretests were not completed because Melvin Special Hands did turn into a demon uh, after being smothered in applesauce. Uh, what's your first comment? Well, the foretests were not completed correctly, as is tradition. Why have we suddenly reached some sort of conclusion? I, I don't know, but what, what, what I'm hearing uh, is Callow and Gravy, they were a coalition of destruction, is what people are saying, taking down special hands in the way that they did, and maybe that is the result of, of this election cycle. So you're saying we, we, we're just going to, to go forward with some kind of combination, coalition of, of two people that are going to, to, to run the village? Well, I mean... It can't be done. Surely you cannot sit there and say it can be done. Okay, um, but let's say it were to be proposed by the village council that it was a a three-way coalition. Oh, that'd be fine. Of course you can do it with three. And why is that? Well, you know, they say three's a lucky number. What What do they say about two? Two means a shit. What would you say then, Tory? to some of the controversy and the claims in your campaign and what you've said before about your attitude to sort of workplace safety, for example. What specifically are you referring to? Are you referring to the fact that... I'm just referring to, more specifically, your sort of callous disregard for anyone's safety in any workplace you've ever owned or been in. I I think what what Sally is uh, referring to here is your comments on the Great Suffocation uh, obviously, most people see it as a major tragedy, but you've actually... Oh, it... well, it's just it's just mollycoddling. That's all that's happening nowadays. It's just mollycoddling. Workplace safety has become such a joke. Just just be safe. Yes. Just but... common sense. Just uh, be, you're in work, be safe. But the, 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 the tragedy of the great suffocation of the miners, uh, you know, villagers know it. It's a part of, of the village of history. history. Uh, 6,000 miners suffocated yes. uh, because... Uh, I believe a bastard turned the oxygen off. Is that correct? Well, yes, because we need we needed more oxygen uh, at Bastard HQ. Right, and and because we were having a we we were having a party. Yeah, you said yeah. we needed to fill the canisters. But but you've previously said you don't understand why the miners just didn't continue breathing. Well, no, I don't. Do, do, do you see do you see what I'm saying? Like why why would any sensible person in their right mind? Oh, I'm 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 not going to breathe anymore. That's your problem. I mean, I'm, I'm completely with you. I, I, I see what you're saying, but I, I know there are some 
people out there, Sally included, uh, who, who don't see the tragedy. Back. Yeah, I don't really understand the point you're coming from there, uh, Tori. Uh, and furthermore, what say you to the claims that you were down there on the day of the Great Suffocation, sort of kicking the people in the face, saying, work harder, work harder? Well, they weren't working very hard. Well, they were dead. Well, that's not our problem. We need the work to be done. The mining has to... The, the, the mines have to be mined, just to my, as far to my knowledge. And if, if they're not going to mine, and, you know, people are going to refuse to beat the dead, then the bastards will beat the dead. Right, OK, so is that part of your, your campaigning? Uh, well, if, if, more beating if, of the dead? If necessary, yes, because I think, I think we've had a severe lack of, of the beating of the dead and, and just general people who just... Just lazy, lazy layabouts who won't work, who won't do the work so that the bastards can enjoy their oxygen parties and everyone else can enjoy their parties. Well, you know, and it's, it's in your, your manifesto, but the productivity of the dead has fallen, hasn't it, under, under recent years when, when the bastards haven't been in charge? I know. Absolutely. You've seen it over the last 40 years or so. It's been absolute disgrace. The dead have been absolutely useless as far as I'm concerned. Did you have any plain sort of concrete already ideas and how you're going to really sort of up the productivity of the dead. Well, I hear they're fantastic construction material. Wonderful, wonderful. Have, now, you, ever, have you ever slept on a dead fat woman? Well, yeah. Um, any any other comments on, on where we go next as a village? Um, this, this election is like no other. I don't think there is a we. I think this will splinter the village. It will tear apart the wonderful bloody traditions we've been built on. Well, I, I think it's it's all still to play for. Uh, the village council, I guess, are going to be the ones to decide in the end. Um, and uh, thank you for joining us today, uh, Mr. Bastard. Yes. Well, well I guess that's uh, almost all we have time for here on Skittle FM. Uh, but just one last thought, I guess, Sally. What do we think this means for the world of Skittles that uh, one of our greatest players was uh, actually, well, sort of the devil incarnate? Of course, but we've been saying it for a little while now, to be honest, that maybe we need to bring the witch hunts back for Skittles just to find out, you know, where the, not the witch hunts, the witches are fine, but, you know, witch hunt for the demons. Right, yeah. yes. Just to start people smothering people in apple sauce at the start of every game. Yeah, I didn't think it would come to this. I but... mean, we that is the thing. Uh, we did used to do that in the game of Skittles. Uh, you would play fully naked, covered in apple sauce, and uh, it was Melvin Special Hens that turned us away from that rule, saying it was a bit gay. Absolutely, there was exact words. I'm not doing that gay shit. Yes, and actually, you know, the game of Skittles used to be. Absolutely populated by the homosexuals. It used to be always known as the homosec the once homosexual you knockdown. Once you took the fucking hempel sauce out of it, they didn't want nothing to do with it. Exactly. They were off down of anything. They went to other sort of more gay sports like rugby. Absolutely, absolutely. Which still has a proud hempel sauce tradition in the changing rooms, I believe. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, that little light they have in the studio that flashes when things get too offensive has been going off all episode uh, on today's show. Um, but I guess, uh, so it looks like at the village uh, we are predicting some form of coalition. But who knows? With such strong policies that the bastards have, uh, I, I could see even uh, a sweeping victory coming out of nowhere for them. Our time is up, uh, so we will see you next time on Skittles FM, the only place for Skittles news. 
Look, there you have it. That's the episode, right? Now, I know usually normally, like, something happens and there's a tune and it's like... Ding, 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 ding. But I don't know how you find that on the fucking computer, do I? Uh, so, this is the end of the episode. I'm Derek Rubthai. Uh, thank you very much uh, to Mr Jack Muir, uh, who, who, uh, who has something to do with this. Uh, Danny Muir is, is, is also a name that's, that's listed here. Uh, and uh, uh, Shane Nichols, whoever that fucking prick is. Right, I've got to go now because Ethel's grandson is coming round for his yearly visit um, and he doesn't know that I live with his grandmother. Uh, so I hide up in the attic and uh, she's got very, very, very uh, uh, bad dementia. Uh, so she never mentions that I live here either. So perfect life. Uh, that's one way. Uh, to battle the housing crisis is moving with someone who forgets you're even there. That's my tip of the day. Uh, right, I just need to stop fucking talking. It's the end of the episode. Goodbye, fuck off. <laughs>